What's up and welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Always joined by Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Woodon ESPN 1000. Find his picks at FatJackSports.com. We are here, Jordan, to preview another UFC fight night. This is like, to, to me, this is like, this is truly the preview. Not us doing the preview. This UFC fight night is kind of like getting to the movie theater early and like you're watching the trivia that's on beforehand and like maybe you get a cool preview and you're like, all right, maybe I'll watch that. That's cool. And then in like a week, we get UFC 280. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to get back to the movie theater first and foremost yes. because we didn't have fights last week. Yes. And yeah, you're right. This is the trivia. This is maybe it's one or two coming attractions. Yeah. You know, you could argue that a little bit. Yeah, but the main course is certainly next week when we've got a boatload of fights and some fun fights to talk about in Abu Dhabi. But nonetheless, we have fights, we have winners, and we have some money to be made. Absolutely. So let's get started. With our main card, we've got our first fight is Misha Serkinov against Alonzo Menafield. Misha Serkinov is a big underdog here, plus 175 against Alonzo Menafield, minus 225. This is at middleweight right now. We're actually a light heavyweight uh, because Serkinov is coming uh, back up to uh, light heavyweight from middleweight. So now, how does that affect what is going to happen in this fight? I mean, it's the same way that I'm going to handicap the co-main event a little bit later on when I t- we get th- and talk about Cub Swanson. It concerns me. It concerns Concerns me the fact that really, you know, now at the end of the day, we don't know what Misha Serkinov wants to do with his UFC career. At one point, he was a big time prospect, a guy that was coming in and finishing people left and right. But now he's two and six in his last eight fights. He's been uh, finished in five of those six losses, and he's got a shaky chin, and that concerns me against a heavy hitter, the size, the power of Alonzo Minifield, who has been putting people's lights out since he arrived in the UFC within a round and a round and a half. And I think Misha Serkinov is going to be certainly concerned about that, look to take this fight to the ground. And albeit that, you know, Alonzo Minifield has good takedown defense. It's not great takedown defense, but just his size, his athleticism, and the fact that he just has to land one of those meteoric fists. Mm-hmm. to Misha Serkinov, to to stop Misha Serkinov, whatever he wants to do, uh, has me putting Alonzo Menafield certainly into a parlay, but I'll look for him to win the fight inside the distance. I think that he's going to be another guy that goes out there and finishes Misha Serkinov. We've seen Misha Serkinov get finished by powerful strikers. We've seen him get submitted by great grapplers, and this is a case of a powerful striker against Misha Serkinov, so I like Alonzo Menafield to win, and I'm sure you could find me some boosted odds because, again, Minifield is is slightly, I think, overrated. Certainly, at his a two dollar two twenty price that we have right now for him. Yeah, so Minifield to win by knockout or TKO is even money at plus one hundred. To win by decision is plus four hundred, and then to win by submission is eleven to one. Uh, inside the distance is pretty pricey too, because you're looking at you know like almost minus three hundred there for for inside the distance. So to me, if you think this is going to end by knockout or someone's going to you know uh, walk into a punch or something like that, then we're talking even. Money Money there to win by knockout there, or you just put him in a parlay with something a little bit later on. That here. surprises me that they would be. You, know, you would not think that Minifield's going to win the fight pretty handily inside the distance. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and submit Misha Serkinov because I mm-hmm. think a the acumen uh, from a grappling standpoint for Misha Serkinov is good enough. B Alonzo Minifield isn't a guy that goes out and, and looks to submit guys, so he's a guy that goes out and looks to get on top of you and finish you via ground and pound or try and land one of those bombs that he has. And I think he's going to. I think Misha Serkinov. Lights are going out. 
All right, so that's our first fight, Alonzo Menafield. I'm going to take him by knockout at plus 100. I'm going to get some even money early in the night here. As this, these fights are at normal times, normal fight times, as they are in Vegas doing the normal fight times here. Our next fight is Jordan Wright against Dusko Todorovic. Right now, Jordan Wright plus 165, Todorovic minus 215. And this one is going not going to go the distance. I mean, come this on. one, I guarantee you this one does not go. I don't know much. I don't know much. But in my Look at the odds for the fight to be over within a round and a half. Around uh, minus two two twenty. Minus two minus two twenty. Minus Do not last a round and a half. Yeah, so I mean, look, you've got two guys that are absolute just knockout artists. They try to go in and go for uh, the knockout there because if you're looking at it, Todorovic to win by knockout is plus 100, and Jordan Wright to win by knockout is plus 200. Everything else is outrageous. Like, Jordan Wright by submission is 9-1. to one. Uh, Todorovic by submission is plus 450. So these are this is going to be a knockout. Someone is going to land a punch, and this, or you could get a, unani- uh, a simultaneous knockout. Could we get a simultaneous knockout where both guys just hit a kick or hit a, hit a punch at the same time, and they're both just out? Can Robert, I bet on you, that? What are the boosted odds for that because quite frankly uh, with with a fight between (laughs) these two type of guys uh that certainly could happen look i love the beverly hills ninja i mean jordan wright is it is a great name it is a guy that you have to go out and 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 stop what you're doing and watch he's had 15 mixed martial arts fights the longest he's lasted inside a cage is 48 seconds into the second round that's crazy. The second round. That's it. That's crazy. Everything else, done. In the first round, done. 48 seconds into the second round. And quite frankly, it's almost it's almost comical because this is a guy known as the Beverly Hills Ninja, and he quite literally does the, the striking that you would think Chris Farley would do inside <laughs> an octagon. These weird roundhouse kicks, jump kicks, like he literally tries to be Daniel LaRusso inside the octagon. And... For a long portion of his career on the regional scene, it worked. Like these flashy strikes and and this variety that he was bringing into the octagon and into the cage, like worked. It was against terrible competition. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the combined like mixed martial arts record of of the guys that he fought prior to UFC was like fifteen and one thirty two. Like, yeah. like not, he's not good. He's lost three of his last four, yeah. so it hasn't worked out for him. Uh, but again. The, the fights don't last. Even if he's losing them, the fights don't last. They don't last. Uh, I, I think uh, Dusko Tavarovic is the, is the play for sure. I think, again, even though he got knocked out by Chidi Injikawani the last time that we saw him fight, uh, he was winning that fight early on in that first round, landing some significant strikes. Jordan Wright puts himself in danger all the time. He does not have great defense at all. But... Tudorovic is also a guy that can wrestle. And we saw against Marc-Andre Berrio the last time we saw Jordan Wright inside the octagon. Berrio took the fight to the ground and smashed him and then got him by, out, out of there by a, a guillotine choke. I think we likely see the same. So Tudorovic and probably Menafield going to be put, to, put into a parlay because I think both guys win. It's too much juiced to the under for me to even think about playing yeah, that, that 220. 220 yeah. yeah, that 220. I mean, I guess maybe a small part of me says that maybe Todorovic doesn't want to stand, so he looks to take this fight to the ground, and maybe you you risk the over one and a half just because you think it's going to be a grappling fight. But then again, as I just introduced about Jordan Wright, 
15 fights, 48 seconds into the second round is his longest fight ever. So that's why uh, I, I don't think that that would be a, a recommended play of mine. So this is how the odds boost jump, right? Like if you're looking for some value, if you're fin- fishing for some value in this fight, Todorovic in round one is plus 110. Okay? Okay. Todorovic in round two is plus 650. It jumps five plus 540 in one, in one round. And then in round three, 14 to 1. So, I mean, if, you're, if you think he's going to knock out or submit or whatever and you want to just go that, maybe Todorovic in round one at plus 110, that might be worth a look. But we'll put those two in a parlay and see what we can get uh, for those odds right I now. I think there might be some juiciness just to do it in the round two. And if you go up to plus 650 for him to win yeah. inside round two, because, mm-hmm. again, you know, Todorovic does have that wrestling. And he, we just saw in the last fight with Jordan Wright, uh, Jordan Wright gets taken down pretty easily. So maybe Tudorovic, you know, doesn't want to mess around at the feet because he knows the, the variety of striking Wright's going to bring and plays it safe and tries to get him out of there using his grappling and his wrestling. Our next fight, Oscar Oskarov against Brandon Royval. Now, these guys are basically fighting to face uh, whoever is the champion later in 2023. And these guys are making uh, their names known in this division and trying to move up and face whoever wins a fight, you know, later next year uh, between uh, Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. So that takes place in January. And then whoever wins this fight is probably going to get that shot. So this is a huge fight for both these guys. Oskarov minus 250. Royval's plus 190. Uh, how do you see this one? Well, first off, don't tell Alexander Pantoja you don't think he's fighting for the title. Now. I'm just telling you. This, I'm reading what the paper tells me. I'm reading well, what the paper says. that paper is wrong. I'm cause... telling you what the paper says. The paper says that these two guys, whoever wins this fight, is in line for a title fight. Okay. That's what my research has said. Here's what your research should say. Brandon Royvel, live dog. Woo! Live dog at plus 200 right now. And, and here's the reason why. Look, look, Askar Askarov is, is an outstanding fighter. And a really, you know, what you'd expect out of prototypical Russian from Dagestan. The guy can wrestle. And no one up until Kai Kaur France, the last time that we saw Askarov inside the cage, was able to prevent the fight. Even Pantoja lost a three-round fight to Askarov because Askarov's got just great suffocating wrestling. He gets on top of you, and you really can't do anything about that. Brandon Royvel is going to welcome that type of fight because he's a crazy man that likes to fight off of his back, go for scrambles, go for submissions. What I'm seeing here is that Brandon Royvel is going to have a striking advantage over Askarov. Askarov does not want this fight on the feet. And Brandon Royvel also is going to have the cardio advantage. And we've seen Askarov, because of the game that he implements, a heavy grappling attack, Mm -hmm. struggles with cardio. So if you're combining the fact that Brandon Royvel, I think, is well-versed on the ground and is not going to be a guy that's controlled, he's going to be a guy that's going to be hunting for submissions, he'll have the advantage in the stand-up game. He'll be the more uh, in-shape fighter to go hard for three rounds. I like him as an underdog. Now, there's the risk because we've seen Brandon Royvel. He does eat a lot of shots. Mm -hmm. He's had some fluke injuries inside the octagon before. But at that plus money, I can't ignore Brandon Royval. Plus, he's also a guy that has cashed for us before 
as the underdog. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you need to go talk to Dana White then because I get my previews from the UFC's website. So maybe, maybe this is maybe Dana I don't want White to talk is... to Dana. This should be the main event. Ooh, this really? This fight should be the main event. No disrespect wow. to Alexa Grasso and Viviana Rujo. Uh, two outstanding female talents. We'll get to them a little bit later on. Th- this should be the main event. This type of fight, these two action-style fighters deserve five rounds. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the main event is kind of lackluster. And then our next fight, you know, so if, we, if you look before we move on to our next fight, uh, Oscar Oskarov to win by knockout is 6-1. to one. To win by decision, to go the distance is plus 130. And then if you're looking for Royval to win by decision, plus 650. Uh, to win by submission is five to one, but we're going with the straight dog two to one, Brandon Royval right there. And not do you think this goes the distance or not? I think it will go okay. the distance because I think then I'm playing it safe because Os- if Oscarov's gonna win, it's yeah. most likely gonna be via decision, but Brandon Royval might outpace him and get a twenty nine twenty eight on this judges scorecard. Yeah, cards. the over two and a half is not too juicy, minus one forty or the over two and a half in total rounds there. As I mentioned, our next fight a veteran in the game, Cub Swanson, making the move down to Bantamweight for the first time against Jonathan Martinez, a heavy favorite at minus 215. Cub Swanson, he's, a, he's 60 years old. He's plus 165. Uh, but again, he's making the move to weight class. You hinted at that a little uh, earlier on. So this should be a tough fight. Not only because of age, but also because of the new weight class. Yeah, and, and it's weird too because he's won he won three of his last four fights at featherweight, and now he's moving down at thirty six years of age. Does he see something now that he could do it at bantamweight? Um, this is going to be a that you know we're recording the, the podcast here on a Thursday afternoon. It's certainly going to be a wait and see approach to be on how Cub Swanson looks on the scale. This is the first time that he's making the jump down to bantamweight. That's going what I would assume to be a tough weight cut, even though he and, and he's a little bit older at thirty. 36 years of age. I just don't like the matchup. I just don't like the matchup, but it's it's almost a stay away play for me because Jonathan Martinez is a good bantamweight. He's very athletic, got great leg kicks, comes from a good camp, but he's also been flash knocked out before. And the mm-hmm. one thing that I do know is Cub Swanson can thump, and I would have to assume he's going to be able to carry most of that power from 145 down to 135. Uh, I think Jonathan Martinez is the rightful favorite. He probably gets put into that Alonzo Minifield, Dusko Tavorovich parlay to juice up those odds even further because I do believe he wins the fight. But in all likelihood, I'm going to say that it's the overplay in this because okay. I don't. I think Jonathan Martinez will be elusive, athletic enough, but he also doesn't. He doesn't thump. That would concern me about someone knocking out. Uh, Cub Swanson, uh, like we saw him get finished against Gigi Kakazi uh, two fights ago. So the over and then Jonathan Martinez into my parlay. If you're looking at that over, it is minus 160 over two and a half rounds for that fight. So Martinez over two and a half. And also we're going to stuff him in our parlay. Is that the end of our parlay? Or you got some more in there for us. I think, well, I mean, once we get into the main event, I mean, I'll talk about Alexa Grasso, too big of a favorite right now. So, Ooh. But I think she wins the fight. Okay. So put all four of those uh, combatants into my parlay and see, right. see what we can do. Let's get to that main event. Alexa Grasso against Vivian Arujo right there. So she is plus 165. You mentioned Alexa Grasso being a heavy favorite. Minus 215. You know, two top contenders in the flyweight division. This is uh, potential title challengers at some point, but there's kind of like this 
mash of people that are right there in this division. So they're just kind of fighting for just ranking here and trying to get eventually get a title fight. You said that this shouldn't be the uh, main event. I, I kind of agree with you. This probably shouldn't be the main event, but it is the main event. And so we will treat it as such as this is like the main action scene, like at the end of the movie. And then we're going to get to like the real movie. Like this is like the big trailer that no one's seen yet. And then we're going to get to like the real movie next week. I call it the big trailer. Like the big trailer. But like, Like, it's like, it's like the first, like, it's like the first time you see, uh, it's like the teaser trailer, you know? I don't know. I don't even know if I'd call it that. I feel like it's just like Ben Stiller's next romantic comedy movie. Oh, ben Stiller doesn't make romantic comedies anymore. <laughs> you know what what year I'm, is you know, this? You, know what I'm you think he's still about? making romantic you know comedies with Drew no, Barrymore? It's not like, it's not like, it's not like Come this, on. this one's this one's not like I'm waiting for Indiana Jones five. Like when okay. Indiana Jones five comes out, I'm like, oh my god, it could be just two seconds with him in his hat okay. or whatever. Like, no, this is So this is like the next Disney whatever cartoon yeah, that you're gonna have to take your kids please. to go see. Yeah, okay. okay, can you give me that? That's All what right. I was going with the That's Ben Stiller fine. romantic comedy. There you go. All right, Night at the Museum 4. That's exactly. what we're about to see. All right, so Alexa Grasso, mine is 215. You think she's o- over-favored Yeah, this I, I, she shouldn't be as big a favorite as she, as she is. I mean, she, stylistically, she matches up extremely well with Viviana Arujo. You know, just, you know, I, I love Alexa Grasso's boxing. I love her toughness. She's got good athleticism. She also, if you recall, she had one of our biggest uh, special prop of the night caches mm-hmm. way back in March, I think, at 12 to 1 to submit Joanne Wood which she did because that was her first submission ever. She's not someone that, that obviously looks to get this fight to the ground. She's a, she's a fighter that, that looks for uh, decision wins and just outpoints fighters. And Arujo is not a fighter that's also well-versed on the ground. So I, I suspect that this fight will be contested primarily on the feet. I don't think either lady is going to look to, look to do it. The interesting thing is, and, and the angle that I'm actually going to take a hard look at, is the under. And I understand that that's a risky proposition, especially in Oof. women's mixed martial arts. Plus 180. Plus 180, right. At four and a half, it's only plus 180. I thought it would be higher. No, um, plus 180. Okay, maybe I'm not looking at it then. Um, but my point <laughs> is is that this is the first time that either fighter has gone into a five-round fight. This is the first time that either one of them is in a main event and either one of them is preparing for a five-round fight. And you don't know what it's like to go. You can go and spar and, and do it in training camp, but until you're out there under the lights and in the pressure of fighting in a five-round fight, that experience is extremely difficult to prepare for. And I might want to think about playing the under, not trusting that one of the cardios of these ladies uh, is going to fall short at, at some point. It's a risky proposition. You know, look, Alexa Grasso, certainly not a finisher of her 14 wins inside the mixed martial arts uh, you know, arena, so to speak. Only five have been inside the distance, seven of the 11 for Arujo. So it's, it is risky, but I think you might want to take a look at that, that angle, that storyline, because neither fighter has gone five rounds. Okay, I can, I can see that. Again, you don't like plus one. Plus 180 is decent money. That's almost two to one. Yeah. That's almost two to one. Just sprinkle a little bit uh, uh, on that. So we've got Alexa Grasso in a parlay. We've got Menafield in a parlay. We've got Todorovic in a parlay. Uh, let's see. We've got and Mar- Jonathan Martinez in a parlay. So those four pays plus 375 all to win. All to win just okay. straight up money line. Plus three seventy five. Plus you like uh, Brandon Royval to win. That's at two to one right now. And then the under in Alexa Grasso and Viviana Rujo. That's plus one eighty. 
Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty good. Anything else in the prelims that you're looking I, at in this I, one? I think, yeah, an underdog that I'm liking uh, to look at right now, Jacob uh, Malkoon and Nick uh, Maximov, both guys very good grapplers, I, I think cancel each other out. So what do I look at that? The stand-up, Malkoon's a better boxer than, than Maximov. And I think Malcoon's cardio uh, will, will will be better as well. Slight underdog, Malcoon, I'll take him. And then anything that people should jump on real quickly, and I'm, th- I'm throwing this out to you, we didn't plan on this, but anything that people should maybe jump on ahead of the curve for UFC 280? I mean, the price on Charles Oliveira continues to dip down, so okay. I can't recommend him enough. I like him in the matchup against Islam Makachev, so certainly that. Bilal Muhammad has kind of stayed stagnant since we've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks at plus 120. Uh, you want to go grab him. I, there might be something to Caitlin Chukagian uh, as a plus 160 underdog against uh, Manan Farot. Uh, you know, Farot's a tremendous prospect out of France. Very good kickboxing. But Chukagian's point fighter. Like, stand-up game. Mm-hmm. I'll bring it. Uh, so she might be worth a look as well. All right. We will be back next week to preview that UFC 280. If you missed our interview with Bilal Muhammad, check out the podcast. It's probably just a couple below this one as you listen to it on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on. Hopefully it's the ESPN Chicago app. It should be the ESPN Chicago app because it's right there for you. So make sure you download that as well. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. The man with all the knowledge is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. And we will be back next week to preview the main event in our the big one, UFC 280. Thanks for listening to the Unnamed MMA Podcast.